Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace that we have enjoyed as a people and as a generation under your servant. Thank you for how you have helped us. Thank you, Lord, for um, guiding us from the beginning of this particular meeting up to this particular point. Thank you for this burden that you put in the hand in the heart of your servant, um, Pastor Jeff. Thank you for how you have helped our parents to navigate the path to, of this burden. We give you all the glory and praise. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. And Lord, help me this morning to um, help your servant. Help me to prepare your people. Help me to um, be able to strengthen, help my brothers and sisters. Help me to bring encouragement to hands that might be hanging down. Help me, Lord Jesus, so that um, the very thoughts of my mind and the very words of my mouth will accomplish your will and your purpose. Help me to bring forth your word with accuracy of thought. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord Jesus. I receive so much help, and I pray that um, blessing will come to every one of us in the name of Jesus. We give you all the glory, our Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, um, Genesis chapter 1. I want us to... Open our Bible to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Um, <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Okay, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, I want us to open to Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 also. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. So um, John said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So um, Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Then Genesis, uh, Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 says that the heaven and the earth that God created in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 were passed away. You know, um, and there was no mercy. But what he saw in the stead of that heaven and the earth was a new heaven and a new earth. Now, one of the things consistent with God's character is something that our Lord Jesus Christ said in the Gospels. He said something. He said, the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first. So, which means that most of the time, the first thing that comes to God's mind is what appears last. And then the last thing that comes to God's mind is what appears first. So, the first heaven and the first earth that God created in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 were never really the heaven and the earth that God intended in himself from the very beginning. You know, so the heaven and the earth that God intended in himself from the very beginning were the ones that appeared last in Revelation chapter 21, you know, verse 1. So, um, but the, there is a tie that that heaven and earth has with God such that um, it is not a sphere of existence that can actually accommodate evil. Or something that can actually accommodate iniquity, you know. 
which is why there had to be a first heaven and a first earth, you know, to try and prove those that are going to end up becoming a part of God's own heaven and God's own earth in Revelation chapter 21, you know, verse 1. So the first creation was God's way of actually saving creatures that will end up becoming a part of the actual existence that God himself had in mind from the very beginning. Let's say amen. Amen. So, and there is something also about God. Um, God is high. God is deep. God um, is mysterious. God is sovereign. But one strange thing I see, you know, and I've found out or observed about God is that God also makes himself accountable. Not because... He needs to explain anything to us, but there is a sense in which God makes his actions plain to his sons. You know, he makes his actions plain to, to everyone who has eyes to see them. You know, so, um, and by the time we look into scriptures, we will see the very reason why the first heaven and the first earth had to be passed away. So that a new heaven and a new earth could now come. Now, the first heaven and the first earth were passed away because they could not fulfill the original intention of God. In fact, it was so plain, so evident, you know, that it had to go. For example, you know, judging from um, the things that our daddy has taught us, every realm of existence has its man. You know, according to Genesis, the Bible says when God was done creating heaven and the hosts of them. So heaven is a place. And then there were hosts that God put inside that particular place. And each of the heavens have the men that occupy those particular places. So the first heaven, for example, is a realm of existence complete in itself. And if you are there, you wouldn't know there is another heaven higher than that. Now, by the time you get to the second heaven, it's also another realm of existence, but there are men who are there. you know. And then by the time we get to the third heaven, there is another realm of existence, and then there are men who are there. Now, the way God framed the heavens, or the way God framed the inhabitants of those heavens, the, very, the first heaven angels were made from first heavenly materials. The second heavenly angels were made from both first and second heavenly materials. And the third heavenly angels were made from both the first and the second and the third heavenly materials. That's why a third heavenly angel can come down to the second heaven and come down to the first heaven. But a first heavenly angel cannot move from the first heaven to the second heaven because the properties of those heavens are not part of his makeup. So, um, so when we see a cherub or a third heavenly angel, that is all heaven standing in front of you, you know. So, if you see a cherub, you know, or a third heavenly being, that is the whole heavens, com- you know, compressed together, standing in front of a soul. But a third heavenly angel fell. So, when Lucifer fell in heaven, the whole heaven already crumbled in God's mind. So it means that there was fault in the first heaven. It means the second heaven and the third heavens were not firm enough to actually do God's bidding or to actually do God's will. So in the mind of God, the first heaven already ended. Now, um, then God now came to the earth and created man. Now, that same angel that fell in heaven, you know, that was cast to hell, came into the earth and now 
killed the man that God made. When Adam fell, the earth already ended in God's mind. You know, but the reason why the earth and the heavens did not pass away at that particular moment, physically speaking, is because there is an everlasting ordinance to heaven and earth, and it had to run its course, you know, before they end up being thrown away or before they end up being rolled away. So in God's mind, both heaven and earth already ended. And it became obvious that there was a need for a new creation. So, and that new creation is what God now in the fullness of time began to roll out in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's say amen. amen. So, when a man gets born again, for example, now that man um, partakes of another. Now, in God, for example, it, because in this Romans, um, Revelation chapter 21 that we read, he said, the, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. So, verse 2. It says, And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. So, this heaven has a tie with God. Now, the same. This creation, the heaven and the earth, has actually has a tie with God. So, when a man gets born again, the power of the new earth... You know, the power of God, which is available, you know, for the new earth. I don't know how I can describe it. Now, is what, you know, um, is at work in getting the spirit of a believer born again or quickened. So, when a believer gets born again or quickened, in his spirit is already a citizen of the new earth. Now, that new earth is actually... A world of Christ. The new earth is actually a world of Christ. Let's say amen. So the new earth is a world of Christ. So when a believer gets born again, that new earth, the power you know that is available in that new earth, you know, um, upturns the death that is in the spirits of that person who has confessed the lordship of Jesus with his mouth. And believed in his heart that God has raised him from the dead. So in his spirit is a new creature. Now as a new creature, you know, um, his, rep, his ideal place or his ideal home is nowhere in this present arrangement. So as a new person, you know, his ideal home is not even heaven. Because when he gets to heaven, heaven is old. is newer than heaven. You know, is newer than heaven. So heaven is not his home. You know, his home is a place that has not yet appeared. You know, his home is an existence, another realm in God that has not yet shown, or something that has not, or something that is still coming, something that has not yet appeared. And the fact that it has not yet appeared does not mean it is not existing. So now that's happened to us when we got born again but there is a problem and the problem is with our souls now satan did a very bad job in the very beginning when he opened the eyes of adam and eve in the garden of eden 
Now, if we check the original, you know, in the beginning, that heaven and the earth that God created in the beginning, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Genesis 1 verse 26. And then um, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the cattle, and over everything that God had created, you know, lower than man in stature. So by the time we look at it and we read, and of course we've been taught that the destination that God had in mind for Adam was not what Genesis chapter 1 spelled out in terms of the dominion that man handled. So which means that the earth was actually supposed to, to be a springboard for Adam. So Adam was supposed to start with exercising dominion over earthly things and from there ascend into realms higher than the earth but when man ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and his eyes got opened what was supposed to be a springboard for man became a symmetry for him you know so the earth now became such that the viewpoint of man became barricaded. He couldn't see beyond what his physical eyes could see. And as far as he was concerned, destiny now became an earthly issue. Destiny became to amass the earth, to have the earth, to have everything, share you understand, you know, that is in the earth. The more of earth you have, the better positioned you are. Now, it is Satan that actually did that, you know, so that it will be very difficult or practically impossible for man to rise above the earth. Now, the problem with our souls now is that um, um, because talking about the heaven and the earth and then the new heaven and the new earth, I discovered that the greatest enemy of the earth that is coming is this current one. So this one is what Satan uses to actually make us a misfit for the one that is to come. You know, so this earth, that's why Peter was saying, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. Um, I'm going somewhere. Um, 2 Peter chapter 3. In 2 Peter chapter 3, um, verse 11. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. So Peter said, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? That means our holiness and our godliness is measured in terms of our relationship with the earth. And we cannot be holy and we cannot be godly except we live or exhibit a conversation that... A conversation that shows that we know that these things are going to be dissolved. You know, so a conversation that is informed by the fact that these things are not going to remain. You know, so anyone that touches the earth from the standpoint of I am relating with something everlasting cannot be holy. Even if that person, you know, is not doing the obvious works of the flesh. You know, so a godly man is somebody, you know, who has been informed or who generates a conversation that is informed by the realization that these things ought to be dissolved. Now, this plan of the devil is that we will make, we will build all our lives around things that will end up being dissolved. You know, and then what we call life are going to be, you know, everything that will end up being dissolved. You know, and that is what the gospel of Christ is designed to address. 
you know so the gospel of christ now is what helps us to rise above that which will be dissolved everything we see with our eyes naturally will be dissolved everything we see everything we can appreciate with our five senses will end up being dissolved everything will be dissolved now the essence of the gospel of christ is to raise us above that limitation in our minds so that we will not live for things that are dissolved you know or things that will be dissolved the things that will be dissolved will not be the things that actually inform our thinking or the things that now form the 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 main essence of our lives so the essence of the gospel of christ is to actually teach us that and to raise us above those things you know because in the gospel of christ is the righteousness of god and one thing righteousness does is that righteousness exalts the righteousness in the gospel of christ is a parchment of resurrection above the symmetry that satan has buried the soul you know so it's going to raise us above all of that you know who you know uh, the gospel of christ helps us to touch the earth in a way that we are not abusing it you know because the wrong use of the earth is what the negative understanding satan puts in humanity you know is driving humanity towards so we touch the earth wrongfully we use the earth in a way that is not appropriate we use the things that god has created in a way different from what god intended you know and as long as we are like that we are lesser than the man that god wants to see so the whole essence of the gospel of christ is to raise us from that particular limitation let's say amen so the gospel of christ raises a man above that the gospel of christ produces a man that is holy and then the gospel of christ produces a man that is godly so the next verse it now says looking for like mommy was talking about you know when mommy was ministering today mommy kept asking what are you looking for now, one thing I discovered is that a man who is not Christ does not have enough sense to look for what endures. Now, one thing that the gospel of Christ will do for us is that the gospel of Christ will help our value system. The gospel of Christ will help our value system. Jesus spoke about the kingdom being a merchant, you know, who was looking for goodly pearls. That merchant is Christ because that merchant has a proper sense of value. He sold all to get all. Now, a man without a proper sense of value we sell all to get nothing you know because that man has not been helped by the gospel of christ to know what is really valuable let's say amen all right so now the like uh where pastor was ministering that's pastor talked yesterday and he was giving church one of the things he said he was talking about heaven and earth in god's kingdom you know what, what jesus talking to nicodemus saying i've spoken to you of earthly things what you know and you don't believe what how will you believe if i begin to talk to you of heavenly things so in god there are earthly things and there are heavenly things now the design of god or how god designed it and programmed it is that while this current heaven and earth are still standing the program of the new heaven and the new earth will also keep running so while everybody is standing like this another program is taking place on the face of the earth you know that are producing new men new women new men in their souls new women in their souls you know producing men of the new earth 
and also producing men of the new heaven. And our Lord Jesus Christ showed us that it's possible. Because when he stood and was talking to Nicodemus, he said, no man has ascended to heaven except the son, the one who came down from heaven. And then he said, except the son of man who is in heaven. The heaven our Lord Jesus was at that particular time was not this heaven, the heaven of these angels. The heaven he was was actually the new heaven. So when Jesus was standing in front of Nicodemus, he was already in the new heaven. So, all the words of Jesus that we read, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were words spoken from the heavens of the world to come. You know? So, those words were higher than the apostles. Those words were higher than the disciples. And that's why God had to send to them a spirit from that realm to guide them into those things. Because those words were ages ahead of them. So our Lord Jesus Christ was not in their class. Shall you get? So when Jesus was standing and he was talking, he was a prophet of another order. You know, by the time he wasn't prophesying like all the normal prophets they are used to. So when Jesus sits down and then he talks, as in he just sits down and then he just talks. One word like that. That one word was bigger than the age of the disciples. Another word bigger than their age. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not words we can use dictionary to understand. Those are words that are spoken from another world that had not yet appeared. Now, that was the man that walked upon the face of the earth. That's the man that, uh, you know, our daddy was talking about yesterday. Consider the man, you know, uh, the apostle and the high priest of our profession. Now, our Lord Jesus was so heavenly, you know, even Satan testified to it because he came to him on that mountain. And then he gave him his best. But he couldn't buy him. You know, the Bible says that in Luke chapter 4, just give me that place in Luke chapter 4, it says that, and the devil, yes, thank you, and the devil, um, taking him up into a high mountain, showed, him, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Then, <laughs> so he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, this is Satan trying to tell him, this is what you are supposed to use time to get. You know, this is what time of a man is supposed to be used to acquire. And then the next verse, and the devil said unto him, um, all this power will I give thee, and, and the glory of them. So that means all the kingdoms of the world is divided into two. So there are power kingdoms, and then there are glory kingdoms. Now Jesus saw everything. Jesus saw all those things. You know, one of our pastors, Pastor Clay, during Believers Convention, said something. He said even Satan himself, you know, was up, was like a, a clever merchant man who, when he saw a goodly pair, was going to sell all that he had to get it. So the goodly pair was our Lord Jesus Christ. So Satan brought everything that he had, glo power, glory, all the kingdoms of the world to buy that man. But our Lord Jesus did not bulge. You know, that's a heavenly man. So he saw everything. He saw this current civilization. He saw everything. He saw the kingdom of the beasts. You know, I believe, you know, or I think that what Satan was probably offering to him is that he will be the face of civilization for every age till there will be no more earth. But our Lord Jesus rejected it. You know why? Because those things that mommy was talking about, you know, in the morning as she, mommy was ministering to us were the things that he had trapped by conversation. And then he looked at what Satan had to offer and then he rejected. He rejected it. So our Lord Jesus Christ, right while he was here, showed that it is possible to be heavenly 
in this order while a man is still going to school. It's possible to be heavenly in this order while a man, you know, is actually attending to his business. So I can be a carpenter, but I am heavenly in my soul. Why? Because I have trapped the conversations of the heavens of the world to come even before they appear. Now, the challenge that we are going to be having in our generation is the reality of the present. You know, because most of the time, um, now, a program is already taking place. And that program is the program of a world that has not yet appeared. You know, when I look at us, the generation or the company of those of us who fellowship with the word of righteousness, what I see uh, um, is a people that God has helped to um, race into a civilization that is beyond their time. You know, so when we say faith, hope, charity, it's not something they will be they will celebrate in Oshodi Market. You know, and when you see somebody who is exercising the patience, you know, of charity, for example, suffering long and is kind. Now, a man that is outside that economy can look at you and say, "You are slow." And that man can look at you and say, ah, ah, why are you like this? Ah, you are so, you know, you are not wise, you are not sharp. But in actual fact, it's that man that is backwards. You know, because the civilization you are using to live is a civilization that has not yet appeared. So, now, when we come for meetings like this, and we, you know, meetings like this have been organized, and things have been ministered to us, those things that have been ministered are very important things, and they are things that, they are the keys to the future. Those things that we are hearing, things of Christ, things of everlasting life. You know, because in that place, in um, first, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So, the condiments or the properties or the substances of the new earth is righteousness. The substances of the new heaven is righteousness. But of course, the righteousness of the heavens are heaved righteousness. Otherwise, it will not be heavenly righteousness. You know, so that means that it's righteousness that is raised above the righteousness of the earth. You know, even though both habitations, both realms of habitations are new. But there is a righteousness of the earth. There is a higher righteousness that is actually, that makes the righteousness of the heavens of the world to come. And all those righteousnesses are packaged in the gospel. So when we are hearing the gospel, the key to the future is being delivered into our hands. You know, and most of the time, no, but most of the time, sometimes we are like Esau, who has a key to the future. But sometimes, exaggerated sense of current realities can make us trade it. You know, Esau had birthright, and that birthright could not solve the problem of hunger he had at the moment. Because sometimes, sometimes the keys God is handing over to us may not may not pay our house rent. You know, the keys that God is handing to us sometimes sometimes may not address some of our current problems and some of our current issues you understand now that does not give us a reason now, around that particular time you know satan can now come and rubbish what you are hearing just because of a present situation now a soul that sacrifices the future for the present is a profane soul and it is that kind of a soul that god says i will not be known as the god of this person
You know, the promise of the New Testament is they shall be my, they shall be my people. I will be their God. Now, there is nobody who has Esau's kind of tendency that will end up in that particular company. You know, God prefers to be known as the God of Jacob. Jacob is a supplanter. Jacob is somebody, you know, who, you know, did the whole lot. So he says, my name will be called the God of Jacob. Because out of all the problems that Jacob had, profanity was not part of it. Jacob, even though he was a cheat, he could lie. But Jacob had respect for things he could not see much more than the things that he could see and that was why he came with that particular bargain you know that particular day when he was talking with his brother you know so um what i i just want to encourage us you know that the things that we are hearing we is not is not christian religious knowledge the things that we are hearing are not just things you know to just excite us and make us make us feel good the things that we are hearing is actually the keys of the future that are being delivered into our hands and we have to fight to keep it we have to ensure that in the face of every challenge in the face of everything that is facing us and glaring to us, we must not drop it. You know, a whole lot of things will happen. You know, I asked myself a question. Okay, Esau ate porridge that particular day. The next day, did he become hungry again? Yes. The day after, did he become hungry again? Yes. The week after, did he become hungry again? Yes. Do we understand what I'm saying? So, now, at the end of the day, you discover that there is never an end, you know, to problems on this side of eternity. But there is none of it that should make us come to a particular point where we walk away from our lots, you know, in this, our generation. So, what God is doing is that God is raising heavenly men. You know, God wants to raise heavenly men. Heavenly men are men of the heavens of the world to come. You know, mommy always says something. And mommy says that one thing I know is that everlasting righteousness, you know, is what God will use to actually save men. And that is very correct. You know, so while we are here in the gospel, in the gospel, hearing the gospel, coming for meetings, you know, every time what is being delivered into our hands are righteousnesses. You know, they come to us in words and then we trap them in conversations. We trap them in conversations when we obey them and then we end up becoming them. Now, lastly, the essence of the word of righteousness, you know, that's the word of righteousness, really. Because the word of righteousness is the righteousness of the earth of the world to come and the righteousness of the heavens of the world to come. That's the word of righteousness. Now, the whole essence of it is to bet a generation of people who live the life of the world to come in the present arrangement. You know, because if we cannot live the life of the world to come in this present arrangement, God will not have a reason to judge the present. So, until we see a generation that is living a life, you know, living by a righteousness that is higher than the righteousness of this present arrangement this present arrangement will remain you know but it has to go so heavenly men are men who are framed by the righteousness of the world to come so that right that world to come is actually the world of god that world to come is actually our own world they say we look for a new heaven and then we look for a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness and you know as those things come to us um i just want to appeal to us that we should take them very seriously you know the things god is giving to us is more than children the things god is giving to us is more than husband the things God is giving to us is more than a wife. The things God is giving to us is more than a job. So challenges in all of those areas must never bring us to a point 
where you want to walk away from the future. You will have the child and you will discover that there is something bigger than a child. You know, you will have the job and then you will discover that there is something bigger than the job. The day Abraham held Isaac in his hands, he knew this was not the promise. You know, may we not come to that realization after we have traded the keys to the future. You know, the Lord will show us mercy and the Lord will preserve us. The Lord will help us. So when we say our parents, they are, they are blessings for us in our generation. You know, daddy, mommy, you know, all the ministers preaching the word of righteousness. You know, daddy was saying it yesterday. Daddy said, you know, you have to be thanking God for me. And every day we need to thank God for daddy. You know, we need to. We need to. You know, you understand what he's saying. You don't understand what he's saying. We need to. (laughs) It's the truth. (laughs) You know, I remember the parable of the sower. The Bible says that the seed... The first seed, when it fell, it fell on the wayside. It said the wayside are those that when they heard the word, they did not understand it. The nature of the word is such that you should not understand it. You know, they didn't understand it. Not because, now, not because it's not English that they used to say it. Not because the word was not spoken in your dialect. Now, they did not understand it because the word did not seem to address what they call reality at that particular moment. You know, and what people need to know is that what we call reality is what we fell into by a negative, twisted understanding that entered our realm. So what the word is designed to do is to raise us from that place of falling, that reality of grass. And then raise us above it into the reality of men. Now, that is what the word of righteousness is actually designed, you know, to address. And I, uh, you know, I, 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 I pray that the Lord is going to help us, you know, uh, we will make the most of what we are hearing. You know, the Lord will preserve us. And the Lord will keep us growing stronger and stronger in him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we begin to give God thanks? Yeah.